I'm Monique Shippen, Miss World Australia, New South Wales State Finalist for 2021, and this is my interview with The Pageant Project. Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to interview number, what interview number is this? Let me actually find out. 153. My special guest for today is a return customer, Monique Shippen. Monique, welcome back to the show. Hi, it's great to be back on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a while. When when was the last time, I mean, we had this joke when I interviewed uh, Brittany <laughs> Dixon and told you that it's the last time I interviewed someone in person was yourself. How long ago was that? I feel like it was, bef so it was before COVID and it was when I was a national finalist for Miss International Australia in 2019. Was that like two years ago? Yes, I can't believe it. It's been two years. <laughs> okay, all right. So it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. Um, and as I mentioned in the in the description, Monique, you've you've held um, a couple of titles previously, and now you're state finalist for Miss World Australia. So I guess first question is, when is the state finals? Remind me, it's Friday. Yes, so it's next Friday at Dalton House, and yeah, it's like less than a week away. So everyone's really excited, but I'm sure it will creep up on us really quickly. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not it's not far away. How are the um, emotions at the moment? I mean, you've done this many many times before. Had the lead up to a big pageant, so yes. are the emotions <laughs> like it's all taking it in your stride, or do you still get a little bit worked up? No, I feel like it's an emotional roller coaster. Like there are moments where I'm just super excited to meet all the girls, meet all the team, and just to get on stage again and to look really lovely and to spread our message. And that's really exciting. That's the part I'm really excited about. But then there are moments in the day where you're really nervous, just thinking, um, you know, you just want to make I sure that. Get nervous. No, well, I don't get too nervous. But it's just <laughs> more that, I think it's more that like when you prepare or you have a certain message you want to tell people and you just want to make sure that you get that across and that you don't, yeah. you know, slip up or forget to tell people what your message is. That's the only thing I get sure. nervous about. <laughs> sure. Uh, now, guys, I can see a bunch of you watching. So if you have any questions for Monique about anything to do with pageants or any messages of support or her music or her advocacy or her work, then whack them in the comments and I can pass them on to Monique. Uh, so, Monique, it's on Friday. And if people, what, what time was it? Because it was in the middle of the day, which is a bit unfortunate because otherwise I'd be able to turn up. Was it at 1 p.m.? So 1.30 is arrival and then 2pm is when the show starts and there's going to be a two-course lunch, which is really not lovely. Which you guys probably won't be partaking in as you'll be on stage. Um, I believe <laughs> the link to the purchase link to buy tickets is in your bio. It is on Instagram. Okay. All right. So guys, if you want to purchase a ticket, it's not... I'm going to assume it's not too late. I don't, are the tickets sold out or they're still available? I think there's still tickets available. Okay, guys. So if you are in New South Wales and you are available uh, this Friday, around about lunchtime, uh, I believe that's right in the middle of the city. So it's pretty convenient, easy to get to. You can have a nice two-course lunch and watch the uh, girls do their stuff. Um, so, Monique, 
how do you want to give people who don't know a bit of your pageant history? I normally start with this and it's pretty straightforward for you. It might take about two hours to explain all your pageant <laughs> history. But I'll try to keep it brief. <laughs> yeah, give us the uh, the condensed version, if you would. The 30-second timer. Um, so just I don't really think that's quickly, enough. <laughs> just really quickly, I started pageants when I was 18, so I never joined any teen pageants. I wasn't actually aware of those in Australia. And I did a pageant called Miss Wow in when I was 18 and I won, which I was really surprised about because I was still felt that I wasn't as confident as I am today. So that was a great Kickstarter into the pageant world. Then the following year, I did Miss Philippines Australia, which is um, it's like a multicultural festival. And then they have this pageant for people with Filipino heritage. So if you're half or if you're full Filipino, you can join. And I didn't place in that pageant, but I still felt like I made lots of friends. So that really was something I took away from that. And someone told me that I should join Miss Earth Australia the same year. And so I joined Miss Earth Australia. Um, I didn't actually know much about the pageant back then. I was still only 19. And I finished in the top 10, which I was super proud about because there were so, I think there was about 30 girls or something. And for me, who was quite new to the pageant world, I felt that I, I did my best in that moment. And that's all I could ask for. And then I took a massive break, which, you know, um, I took a break up until 2018 just to focus on my study and my music. And I did Miss Earth Australia 2018, which um, I won and got to represent Australia um, in the Philippines for the Miss Earth International Competition. And the following year, I, I just felt such a, a rush from winning Miss Earth Australia. And I felt like I still had more work and like more passion that I wanted to spread um, on an international level. So I went for Miss International Australia 2019. And then I I, I didn't think I'd win again. But um, I just really went in because, because I just really was passionate about ovarian cancer awareness. Um, and I really wanted to continue my advocacy through another platform. And then when I won and presented Australia in Japan in 2019, just before COVID, which I was really lucky, um, I got to really embrace the, um, the motto of cheer all women. And I got to meet women from all over the world. And I feel like that was the best place I'd ever been in my life, where I was meeting girls from all over the world, hearing about their passions, their projects, and everyone has a different story, different journey, different yeah. project. So it's great to hear all about that. And now I'm excited after a year of um, COVID and not having any pageants um, at all. It was nice to hear that I had been selected as a New South Wales finalist for Miss World for this year. And I'm really excited about the Beauty with a Purpose project. Okay, so let, let's dive into it. So just before we dive into the Beauty with a Purpose project, I mean, clearly you've been involved in pageants for a while. You certainly haven't done, let's say, as many as some of the other girls have done. But the ones that you've done in Australia, I don't know, the Austra a lot of Australian girls don't realise sometimes that how big some of these titles are internationally. I mean, yeah. International on Earth are already two of the biggest pageants. They call them the, what, the, the Big Five or the Grand Slam Five, um, and as is Miss World. So just from your perspective, obviously you've had an amazing time. What are the sort of the key differences or the key parts that you've enjoyed 
in each system because obviously earth has the environmental advocacy international has chill women as you said and then miss world has the beauty with a purpose project so what just, what, what would you say has been the differences that you've seen so far between the those three different systems that's a really great question because a lot of listeners um, wouldn't know about the different pageants, as you said. Mm. So with Miss Earth, it was the environmental advocacy. So all the girls around the world are focusing on how we can make the earth a better place. How can we spread awareness on how to live a more eco-friendly lifestyle and how we can educate children, not just children, but um, our communities about how to work together just to make small changes to like all do small actions to make a bigger change. So um, during Miss Earth, I was doing a lot of cleanups with the community and tree planting and also protecting our native wildlife. So I sponsor mm. a koala monthly. And so that was a big focus for that pageant. And I think it's great that each pageant has a different um yeah. has a different project because we can't we're not superheroes we can't focus on so many things but all these issues are equally as important in the world so I really love how each pageant focuses on something else so with Miss International um Chiral Women so mm. um as we know well, as I know but some of you might not know ovarian cancer is um, one of the deadliest cancers in Australia for women but we don't really hear much about it. So breast cancer is like quite well known in the community, yeah. but ovarian cancer, you actually can't get tested. Um, so like um, a pap smear doesn't actually detect ovarian cancer. So it's really important that we spread this message to everybody to make sure that they um, monitor their symptoms and get checked if they think they have any of these symptoms. And it can really save a woman's life if we spread this message yeah. so and another thing with chiral women is um just supporting other women out there uh, especially with pageantry when you meet girls and the best thing is just to make friends with them and hear their voice and see how we can work together to make that change and really lift each other up and support each other because if we tear people down that's it's not we shouldn't really feel jealous for anybody um because that's just yeah, the spreading negativity. And another big um, thing for women is um, like domestic violence was another big campaign when we're in Japan. So the rates of domestic violence are really high and we often see in the news that there are women who have lost their lives, unfortunately, due to domestic violence in the home. So just visiting um, women's shelters where they um take in people who have suffered from yep. domestic violence and just talking to people who have suffered from this and letting them know it's okay to you know tell someone that they need help um so that was really great during um miss international as well and then uh, moving on again to miss world uh beauty with a purpose there are I've tried to like just follow all the Miss World journeys, Beauty with a Purpose, but it's just I haven't had time to follow all of them because it's a lot. there's so you many amazing projects. I know. And there's just so many amazing projects. But what I noticed is that most of them have worked with UNICEF and UN and have gone overseas to refugee camps and to yeah. like to um, third world countries where education isn't um 
They don't really offer education there for children who are poor. And some are suffering, are fleeing from war and violence. So some of those children don't have the opportunity to actually have a proper education. So I love seeing how these girls who are, are beautiful, but they're also using that platform and that voice to make a difference by visiting these refugee camps and visiting these kids and giving them hope that there are people out there who want to help you and, you know, giving them, yes, just giving them that um, equal opportunity. They can actually become like a doctor or a lawyer, whatever they want to be, basically. So I really love that. That was a that was a long answer because you have such a long pageant history. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not that. It's from when I was young. <laughs> this is this is like why I was joking with you before about you know pa- well not joking. I was like talking about pageant coaching because I mean, y- you know, there are girls who've done well in one system. You've done obviously you've entered Miss World Australia. That journey is not yet done, but you've entered three of the biggest systems. And I think just getting your perspective at the very least on the differences between the systems, because I often tell people it's not, and I don't know if you agree with this, Monique, but it's not a case of just pick whatever system is coming up next and go for it because they're all the same, because they are actually incredibly different and different systems will tend to suit different people. And even I'm sure such as yourself, when you've entered the different systems, yes, you've done well in all three, but you have focused perhaps on a different advocacy or Mm -hmm. emphasis different parts of you so is that is that fair to say like pageant selection is a very very big deal I definitely agree with that because um there I I was as you were talking about Brittany Dixon the Miss Earth Australia she was saying how Miss Earth is the only pageant that she really went she went for it three times I think before winning um because she really aligned with the environment and her work is in the environment so that's great to hear that you should really choose a pageant that lines up with what you're doing and what your passion mm. is and that way you can really get your message across and put all your like love into that and care into that and it comes across to everybody that you are genuinely interested and passionate exactly. about that so that's why as you um as the, some of the viewers may know I'm a teacher so education has always been um, a big part of my advocacy and that can come across I also love the environment because I grew up near the beach so putting environment and education together is how I've chosen my pageants I've seen some of your Instagram photos and I, I live in Sydney for those of you who don't know and I've mm-hmm. seen some of Monique's photos near the beach and even though it's only like 30 <laughs> actually I was up in the northern beaches just yesterday at Harbour Diggers um, having fish and chips it was amazing but if you guys don't know, let me actually see if, if I can find it. Yes, there's um, some photos of Monique and you've got the uh, the northern. Do you want to tell the viewers a little bit about the northern beaches? I mean, I joked with about Home and Away and all that. But oh, yeah. That's, yeah, Home and Away is actually shot. Yeah. For those of you watching from overseas or if you don't know, um, Monique, tell people a little bit about the northern beaches and I'll see if I can bring up a photo. Sure. So as Adrian said, Home and Away, the TV show, is filmed in the northern beaches in the north part, so Palm Beach, Avalon. Um, and I'm actually from Manly, which is well known in the world. So if you're watching overseas, you probably you have heard of Manly, and that is the south part of the northern beaches. This has actually taken this photo at the top of Palm Beach. So Home and Away is filmed just below on that beach there, and it is absolutely beautiful I've grown up Mm. here all my life and I think 
just with self-care, just going to the ocean, taking a walk and being up on that rock where you can see everyone. Um, I, I see a lot of pictures up here. I see people just, just sitting there like by themselves or reading or doing yoga and it's just amazing just to take in the environment like the breeze, the ocean, the sounds. The ocean. It's just a great yeah. way to relax. <laughs> I was reading a study, I think it was somewhere that, uh, just being near the ocean and smelling that salt, that salt water, and hearing the yeah. sound of the waves, is actually very conducive to creativity. So, oh, really? I mean, you, you would know as a yeah, as a songwriter <laughs> and myself as an author, I love writing near the beach. I don't actually want to go mm. in the water. I mean, obviously, writing <laughs> in the water is probably not the best idea. I'm sure but just, would do it. Yeah, uh, that might be a new niche to get onto. But yeah. I mean, just being near the ocean is uh, is incredible. And this stretch of water, I know it very very well. It's probably one of whenever I have someone from interstate or overseas, I, I always bring them to see this view, not from this part. I did mm. ask you where this was and you told me, but I still haven't been there. Um, but I look at it from another point of view, which is one of the national parks and it overlooks oh, this peninsula. You might need to tell me where the, that is because I don't think I've been there. It is near Terry Hills. I don't know if you know, the turnoff oh, is near Terry okay. Hills and then you go into a national park. And one day I just went for a drive and I asked the person who gave me the, who, oh, I bought a coffee, didn't just give me a coffee. Um, you know, is there something nice to, to see around here? And she said, actually, if you drive o o the length of the peninsula, so you've got to drive about 20 minutes and it's parallel to this peninsula that you're on right now and you go mm -hmm. all the way to the end and there's a lookout. And from the lookout, you can see this where you are, the island and all the way up to the central coast. And it's an wow. absolutely amazing view. Um, so I'll have to tell you, I can't yes, remember Yes, I'm going to where. try that. It sounds beautiful. But it's absolutely uh, amazing. Are you ever going to move anywhere else? Not saying that you should, but I mean, when it comes well. to that, if you like that, <laughs> could you ever move anywhere else is the question. Well, this is the funny thing. There is a saying that once you are on the northern beaches, you never leave the northern beaches, which is yeah. pretty true because, I mean, when you grow up, like ever since I was a baby, I was born in a hospital that is literally on the beach in Mona Vale. And so ever since I was a baby and my dad's a very hey, outdoor person. My dad's a very yeah. outdoor person. He goes to the beach. He used to go to the beach every day after work and go running and swimming. So wow. he used to take my little basket of me as, as a baby across the road to the beach. And I used to just sit there uh, in the sand and hear the ocean. So I feel like ever since I was little, um, I've been involved with the beach. So I don't think I could ever leave a beach. I, I could certainly say I wouldn't wouldn't rule it out living somewhere where it's close to a beach but yeah i could never yeah. live away from a beach I, I what i mean is i don't think i could see you living like in the middle of the big smoke for example oh, where no. you're <laughs> close to nothing except more no, big smoke you won't find me there <laughs> yeah here's a question for you though i saw somewhere that people are either ocean people or bush people we obviously talked about the ocean mm -hmm. palm beach um behind you there's a lot of bush there as well so if you had to pick one ocean or bush which one would do and it that's more for easy you for me. So I'd say ocean because of the okay. sound of the ocean too. I don't necessarily yeah. love swimming. Um, I just, yeah, I love seeing the waves move and listening to the ocean. That's really, it yeah. helps me relax. Yeah, no, I feel exactly the same. I often go to the beach but don't go. I, I sit at a cafe mm, next to it and then just mm. like to people watch and wave watch and it's just really soothing and relaxing. It's it like is. my form of 
My form of meditation. Me uh, okay. Well, we've done the advertisement for Northern Beaches. So Palm Beach, if you want to pay us for that, that would be very, very much of a good deal. Well, I mean, like, honestly, that, that part where you're standing, can you imagine if we've got a drone? And I'm sure people have done this, got a drone and just did like a 360 around there and just put mm -hmm. that up. Like, that, that's an advertisement in itself. You don't need yeah. to say anything about a view No, like you that. don't. It just, no. it just sells itself. Um, have you ever visited the Home and Away set? You mean like the official, they have like an official yeah. bus where they see the tour. No, I haven't. But yeah. I've been, no, I haven't been to the set. Like I've only been to the beach and the um, cafes and the surf club that they shoot from the show. I've been to that, but I haven't been to the set. Right. Okay. Have you? Because when I had, yes, by accident, um, oh. <laughs> I, had a, I had a friend over here just before COVID. She was from the UK and we went driving along the northern beaches because I wanted to show her Palm Beach, show her that view that you saw in the photo. Um, and we were just driving, 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 and I wasn't going anywhere in particular. And then we ended up at this smallish beach uh, in a car park. And then you, you saw all this camera crew. And I was like, oh, wow. what, what, why is there such a big camera crew? Then we drove towards there and then we saw that bus, the Home and Away bus. Yeah, there's a bus. And yeah. then even though I haven't really ever watched Home and Away, I still recognize the, the surf club. And I had somehow accidentally found the Home and Away set. So, yes, wow. I have seen it, but I didn't mean to. And they were, they were filming there. I had no idea who they were, but <laughs> there was a bunch of tourists there with photos, with cameras and everything. So I have seen the set. Um, but yeah, the beaches, that, that is something else. Uh, Monique. Okay. We were going to talk about the beauty with a purpose project. So do you want to let the people listening or watching know what, what you've chosen as your beauty with a purpose project? Yes. So, um, I'm a teacher, so I really believe that education is really important. And we're supporting variety Australia as Miss world Australia candidates. And, um, Variety Australia help um, children who are disadvantaged or have disabilities get equal opportunity in education. And I would love to use my skills as a teacher and um, to travel across other schools and hopefully one day, this is my dream, but COVID has kind of gotten in the way of this, is to travel across other countries and maybe visit some of those third world countries where I could work with children who don't um, have the tools or are able to receive this education. And I'd love to work with a team to go out there and um, just, you know, teach them and tell them that it's going to be okay, that there are people out there who do want to, um, that do want to help you and that you can be anything that you want to be if, if you have the right support. And because this all stems back to my childhood. So when I was younger, I was extremely shy and found it hard to make friends. And I really thought that I would never be able, I didn't even know what I'd be able to become because all jobs, mm. well, most jobs require talking and being the with people. people. Yes. And yeah. I, hate, I got really scared of people. Like I just could never talk to anyone. And this got really bad throughout primary school and there were times I used to just sit alone, like in the library, and I became really good at reading. But um, but it was just a really sad time for me. And I had a teacher who, like, I love music, so this also ties into it. Um, I 
um, had a music teacher who really just believed in me. And she told me that she used to be shy when she was younger, which I didn't believe because she was so confident. And to have that role model um, to look up to really gave me an inspiration that maybe I could also be able to sing in front of people. So over long story short, over time, she we built this relationship of trust and support that I ended up performing little by little and becoming more confident, more in love with music and how music. So another thing with the Beauty with the Purpose project, I also want to incorporate music into it because music's a universal language and brings people together. Um, we have we celebrate all emotions, sadness, happiness, um, with music so if we could also bring that um, and different countries have different types of music so it could be a really fun experience to to express yourself through music as well so um yeah over time I really love music and now that's why I decided to become a teacher is to be that role model for kids who feel like that they're disadvantaged or shy or they have a disability and they feel like they can't get to their dreams, just give them the tools and the support that they can actually become whoever they want to be. And um, another thing that I also want to do as part of this project is that a big issue today, especially with social media, is bullying and mental health. And um, being a teacher, I see this every day, especially because everyone has social media now and there are a lot of things like it's very easy to bully people online, which is really sad. And I see kids being affected by this every single day. So I have to, um, we, we have to be prepared to help these these kids as a teacher and um, try and spread the message to others that these people that, like everyone is someone's um, daughter, someone's son, someone's best friend, someone's mother. Mm. And if you don't want that thing said to you, then don't say it to somebody else. Like if you, if you don't want, if you didn't want to receive that comment, then don't say it to someone else. Only spread messages that you want to receive yourself because you are like, you are, you, you don't know what that person has been through, where they are in their life. And that little message could set them over the edge. So it's just, yeah. yeah, I just want to spread positivity and, yeah, that's basically, I'm going to rant on for ages, so I'll just leave it there. But, um, yeah, education and music and also possibly, I know that I'm taking on too much than I could chew, but because I was already um, working with my environmental projects, um, I would also love to put that in with the education so just um making everyone aware we could do like composting um tree planting projects um also what well, i forgot the word now where well, that's what i was thinking yeah. of oh growing your own vegetables just like little right. projects like that with the community to be aware about our um about climate change because that's a really big issue that's that we're all suffering without the world we wouldn't have a home to live in so if we could all um, work together to make more eco-friendly choices and yeah. What, um, remind me, Mon, what, what age kids do you work with? It's the younger ones, right? Primary school? No, this is actually, I have to explain this every time I go to a different school. So I teach preschool. So zero, like uh, babies as well. I was doing babies too, but zero to five, like 
preschools and also I'm a high school teacher, so from 12 to 18. What um, Are you teaching the, the older ones music as well? Yes, so I'm a high school music teacher, so that's my I'm trained in that. But at the moment I'm working casual, so I'm teaching pretty much all subjects at the moment for right. high school. Okay. Um, but if when I do get a full-time job, it will be in music teaching. And sure. Yeah, because I think music, that's a subject that kids feel like they can just express themselves and mm. be themselves because school is very, um, you've got like so many subjects in the day, so much going on. But I always feel like when they come to music class, they feel like they can be a bit more relaxed and play an instrument yeah. and express themselves. And so I get, I often get happy kids, which is good. Um, <laughs> but even the sad that ones, we can hear them up through music, you know, like we can write a song about it. We can work together mm. in groups to channel that energy because that's how yeah. I used to get through my emotions. If I had a really down day or if I felt really angry, I would just not consciously write a song about it, but just jam it out, you know? Like if you want to strum the yeah. guitar and get it out. Um, kids say it really helps them, so I, I, I think that's really great. And then for preschool, um, like I said, I used to work with babies, but I had to do that with for my training. So we had to work with zero to twos right. as part of our training. Yep. But um, most of the time I'm casually teaching preschool, which is uh, four years old and five years old. Right. Um, it, it, it does, yeah, there's uh, probably some of the greatest songs in the world have been written by people who weren't happy at the time. So yeah. it's interesting. I mean, you don't want to be sad or depressed or dependent on any sort of drugs or alcohol or things like that. But some of the greatest songs of all time, the ones that will live forever in our heads, mm -hmm. uh, written by people who haven't been in the best place emotionally. Um, so music definitely is an important part. I just wanted to, to ask you because it seems to me, and I've worked with kids, so a lot of, if you don't know, um, to the people watching, I've worked as a tennis coach and I've worked with kids, not as young as zero on a tennis court, but, you know, five all the way up to 18, obviously year 12 here in Australia. And it, it always seemed to me that, and it's probably changing, but they would enjoy school, enjoy school up until a certain age. And then at some point you would ask them, how was school? And it would go from they really enjoyed it to, they didn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And it would normally start at around about 12, just before high school. Yeah. And then I think a lot of the frustration with bullying, as you mentioned, is a huge problem. But I think a lot of the frustration with the kids, and I share this frustration, they feel they're learning things that they're never going to use. That's true. Now, music, yes. music is something you can always use. And I was really good at maths and science, really good. But I guess I never used it, except to get into university <laughs> where you learn more stuff that you yeah. never use. But what are, what what's your thinking and opinion on the kids being sort of bored at school or disenfranchised mm -hmm. because what they're being made to learn yeah. is not useful? I mean, when I was in high school, we didn't have social media, so we didn't. Same I didn't me, really know. Yeah. Okay, so how much else was out there? But now you've got like you can look at what Elon Musk is doing or mm -hmm. Bitcoin or start an app. Yeah. So, what has been your experience with kids going? I don't want to learn this because I'm never going to use it. I think that's such a good point because especially when I went to school, there was no social media either. So there weren't mm. those opportunities that they have now where you can really be creative and almost be your own business and yeah. have an idea and promote it online or um, set it up, you know, from home, especially with COVID. Okay. 
and work yeah. with teams. It doesn't necessarily mean you're just working by yourself. You might work with teams from all over the world, but online. Exactly. Um, and mm. you can make a lot of money from that and also be happy because I believe that we should be working in something that we are passionate about or at least have an interest in. Yeah. Um, of course. It, like hopefully, but um, and yeah. so you're right about with school because I do when I do casual teaching, I do have to teach some of those subjects where even I feel like, well, I understand why these kids don't yeah. want to learn it because when are we ever going to use some of these things? And I agree that you know, maybe some of this helps us have just general knowledge about certain. Sure. Things, but to be yeah. honest, I don't remember anything from <laughs> from well, I mean, school. Well, so, why would you? I so mean, like, the, really... so you need you need basic writing and reading, which and is maths. primary school. That's a given. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, my least favorite, and I'm sorry to any of the history buffs no, out there, but my least favorite subject was always history because I just thought, <laughs> who needs to remember a bunch of random dates? And this was before social media. Well, now yeah, you all you got to do is say, okay, Google, tell me when yeah, this happened. Me. Exactly. So why would I need to remember it? So, um, and you go. Sorry, you go. just quickly, I feel like there are a lot of things we need to be adding to education mm. that is compulsory that we do need. I was just actually watching another um, finalist for Miss World Australia this year, and she was that video I think that you shared about CPR and first aid training. And I think that that yeah, is something that we should um, be putting in schools as compulsory because at, we live uh, where a country with ocean all around us and exactly. even yeah. pools um people are drowning and not just drowning um you know people fall on the street or could from could fall on the street for, for anything like a heart attack or anything or yeah. they might be involved in a car crash and um as she was saying like it takes often 10 minutes for an ambulance to come so if there are more people trained in cpr um, and first aid, we can get more bystanders able to help the lives of these people in need. So I think that's something we yeah. should we should all learn, and also maybe just um, social more social skills. And because um, people really like, for example, like cooking classes because they in schools mm. because you know you we cook when we grow up we cook <laughs> at home, um, and and sometimes they've got like family education things like that, but. I think, yeah, we need more like life skills to be taught in schools um, and that way the students can get engaged. Um, but, yeah, just in general about education. So uh, being a new teacher who's just graduated yeah. a couple of years ago, they have been trying to change um, how to engage um, kids of today mm. because they have been losing engagement. So just trying to make it more relevant to them so the curriculum is actually, don't get me started, but um, the curriculum has no, 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 only certain things that, skills that we need to learn, not exact yeah. things. So it's up to, in a way, it's up to the teacher to interpret it in a way that they think is going to get through to the kids. That's really difficult though and i feel for the teachers <laughs> because if the, kid, well, if the kids are bored you guys are the ones that bear the brunt of it and it's no one wants true, to deal hard. with teenagers who are bored no, no i just I, I i feel like you know given the topics we already discussed like bullying right or social media things or mm -hmm. cyber bullying those sorts of things because 
I, I don't, I, the last time I worked in a school was probably about 10 years ago. And back then phones were just becoming to be a big thing, well, social media on phones yes, and lives yeah. and things like that. So the way that the school that I was at reacted was that you weren't allowed to use your phone during that was school like hours. Okay, but I think that's missing a trick because it's not just don't use your phone. You need to be able to teach these young people growing up what the best way to use the phone is. Yes. So, you know, not just don't use it and then do it in mm -hmm. your own time. But and it's then, like, well, yeah, and then just get it all out at home, yeah. Yeah, he, no. you know, here's how you should interact with people online. Here's what's appropriate. Here's what's inappropriate. Because we're also at a time, especially in pageantry, where people are afraid to have their own opinion because they're worried mm -hmm. they're going to offend yeah. someone and then they end up in a huge shouting match online. So is there anything yeah. coming in schools about how to actually do that, like interact in social media in an appropriate way what's bullying what's not bullying when is it okay to have a debate and what's not okay to say is there anything sort of going along those lines coming yes that, so i've been in a couple of schools but i haven't been like full-time at a particular one but there have mm. been workshops where people come in and t have like a seminar for a couple of hours with the students right. and they have a presentation about what is the right way to um, communicate with people on social media. And they also showed this one particular school showed a really effective video about how it affect, like how these comments affected certain people. And I think it was very like emotional to watch. And it might, I think it's, it wouldn't have hit everybody, but I feel like the majority of people would have felt that yeah. awareness seeing how that comment, that small comment affected these people and how it changed their lives how downhill they got from that because it's easy just to send a, a mean message and then just close yeah. your screen and you can't see how that person like you said sometimes there's jousting someone might say back oh I don't think that's very nice but you don't actually see how physically how that or mentally that affects that person yeah. so this video really opened up like a lot of um like it's spread awareness about how it actually affect people. And then they also did like role playing is also a really good way. Um, mm -hmm. They got some people go up on like on the stage and do some role playing and in groups, like the other people go in groups and role play. How would you handle this type of situation and how should we treat people with respect mm -hmm. um, while also, because it's okay to have your own opinions, but I feel like there's some things that are okay to be shared and others things you just have to keep yourself. And um, so I think role-playing is also good and, yeah, going through scenarios and seeing how that would feel. You need to relate it back to how would that make you feel if someone said that mm -hmm. to you. So reversing it back onto that person because sometimes they also just come from a place, like a lot of bullies, they're coming from a place of hatred themselves. They're going through something, yeah, insecurities, yeah something's going wrong, wrong at home or they might be being bullied by someone else so therefore they want to yeah. bully someone so that they feel powerful yeah. so even just like getting um there are there's a lot of counseling at schools now um because of this growing um issue so um a lot of these students or bullies have a, have appointments with with those counselors because it's all about like just talking about maybe why are they doing this understanding mm. why and maybe how they can change that yeah i think a lot of it as you said comes down to the person who bullies almost always has an issue themselves yeah and i mean look i don't know anyone at least in the pageant space 
I don't know anyone who hasn't at some time received some sort of hurtful mm -hmm. message or comment normally from someone who's completely anonymous, probably yeah, doesn't even have you know, set up a fake account to just send them this message of hate. And it's really, really bad. I mean, to give you an example, a recent example, I don't know if you saw what happened with Miss Universe Canada and she was actually having this huge, yeah. um, her team was having a huge argument with actually a Filipino designer, Michael Zinko. Yes, I saw that. And yeah. they were absolutely going at it online. I think they're taking steps to repair it now. There's been an apology. But Nova, the Miss Universe Canada, was mm -hmm. actually stuck in the middle and someone messaged her, just die, Nova, die, and then just commit suicide. And, you know, when, because I think teaching kids is one thing, but it's very difficult for us to teach them when we don't really know how to deal with social That's media sometimes true. ourselves yeah. because it's constantly evolving. So mm -hmm. to bring a social media expert into school sometimes is difficult because very often the kids will know more about social media than the expert because yeah. they're on it all the time, they right? Got, they're doing TikTok <laughs> dances and, you know, they've got 10,000, 100,000 followers. I don't even have never heard of, so... <laughs> Are you on There's TikTok? so many apps. Yeah. No, I'm not actually. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm not going to say why, but I'm, I'm not. <laughs> that, that's, that's fair enough. Um, I'm too busy. But I think, <laughs> well, yeah, you don't need another, that's another thing to spend, <laughs> spend your time on. Um, but I'm glad to hear that something's been done about it in school, but it is a, it's a difficult. It's still really uh, hard, though. Yeah, it's still not going to yeah. completely solve the problem. Um like, as you said, it's something that everyone's still trying to, you know, get their heads around because it's such a big issue. Like it was on the news saying, should there be, you know, laws about it, um, mm. about cyberbullying? And, I mean, it, it, could, it could be a great idea, but it's like how do you stop, like you said, the fake accounts? You know, how can you yeah. track some of these people? So yeah. it's hard. And also, also if you're dealing with minors because very often, you know, it's mm -hmm. people under the age of 18 so yeah. much you can do i mean you don't want to throw someone in jail for that you want to no. teach them actually the right way of going about it but i mean as i said those people it's always about them it's not about you so if you receive some sort of hateful message or comment it's always from a person who's got some of their own issues going on and i'm not saying that that's an excuse but it, no. it's never about you but uh, and also, damn. it's another thing we need to also just yeah help, help people be more resilient to these comments as well, mm. um, and realize that like you said, it's not about you necessarily. Like I've had comments, I don't get many like hate comments, but I have had a few saying you can't sing and your voice is the worst thing I've ever heard. And I'm thinking, I I know that I'm happy with how I'm singing, and I've received. Yeah. A lot of comments of people saying they like my singing. So as long as I'm just, even though those comments did hurt me, I'm just thinking you mm. don't know what you're talking about. You would probably just wish that you could sing maybe. I don't know. So I just, <laughs> you know, ignore that and just realise, no, nope, that's okay. I'm happy with my level of singing. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I think the resilience, as you mentioned, the resilience issue, that's something that's not discussed enough. And that's what I often talk about is I don't think we can ever get to the point where there's zero bullying because there's always no. going to be someone no. who's not so happy. So they're going to take it out or on they other don't people. Care. Just, yeah. Exactly. Um, so we need to preach resilience as much as we try and stop the bullying. 
people need to be resilient so that it doesn't. I mean, there are some certain comments that are going to hit home no matter how resilient yeah, you are. No, for sure. It's just a question of, you know, okay, that hurt me for like five minutes versus, okay, that's impacted me for five years sort of thing. So um, I would really love to see more of that in schools. Uh, guys, just before we move to the end, if you have any questions or comments from Monique, put them in the comments now and I can circle back to them at the end. Uh, Janice, who's over in Canada, has said nothing like those comments from profiles with pseudonyms and no profile pic. Well, yeah. I mean, it's always <laughs> anonymous accounts. Well, zero it's followers, like, zero Yeah, <laughs> and zero posts. It's, um, yeah. I don't understand why people would take the time out of their and day to literally do that. Yeah, do you've that. had to create an account, an account. Yeah, when they get one blocked, they say, well, what, don't you, you don't have even, anything else to do? And most of the time, they don't even know you. So it's like, what is this random attempt to make someone's day well, they, terrible? They never know you. They never know you. They don't know what's so, going on. And they just make giant assumptions and then just say something that's... Uh, uh, Janice here has a question. She's asked you, do you think that bullying and cyberbullying should be treated as harassment? Like legally or... I think it yeah, is that's... a form of harassment because mm. it is pretty much like harassing someone to the point where, you know, it might they might feel like completely broken down and you're basically telling them that they don't have any self-worth or if you're telling someone to go, you know, die or something, that's, that is actually really even not worse, but like it's just as equally as bad as, bad as harassment. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's a difficult question, Janice, because I know you're over in Canada, so it depends which country <laughs> you're talking about. I don't know legally, like to legally. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, even if you made it them. legally, it's very difficult sometimes to find the person who's sending the hate messages. Yeah, so it is hard. That's why the resilience uh, issue is a big one. Um, Monique, I'm just getting a little bit of an echo. Are you hearing that or am I just hearing myself? I can't hear an echo. Okay, maybe For it's me? just on my end. No, it's me. I can hear myself talking, which is – oh, no, it's gone now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's great. All right, um, Monique, just before we go to the – actually, it would be the second time for you through the final 10 questions. I can't remember what you said oh, about – Oh, I can't remember some of the weather. It might be changing. It was one. I think you mentioned the chalkboard thing. Yeah. I think that was you, oh, and you got really yeah, worked it was. about it. And the nails on the chalkboard, and you said that no one knows what chalkboards are anymore. And you just reminded me, the other day I was teaching and there was a kid throwing this, um, like, eraser for the board. And I said, don't throw that, um, I said, like, duster or something. And then he was like, it's not a duster. What? And I was like, you know, like, chalkboards. And he's like, what's a chalkboard? And I was like, um, you know, the eraser thing. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Anyway. It reminded then me for of the that rest conversation. Of the rest of the day, I'm sure Monique felt really, really old going chalkboard. What's a chalkboard, yeah. miss? Yeah. Oh, like, dear. Oh. Yeah, the things that teachers used to write on. Before. Well, what are they using these days? Is it whiteboards, smart boards, smart something boards. else? If sometimes they don't even write because you can just project your um, laptop or computer to Word and you've got it up already, right. PowerPoint, and then you only really write on the whiteboard like, minimal things so for music you'd write up music notes sometimes yeah. or chord names everything else has been yeah. projected conveniently up on the board so you've got it prepared in advance and you just put it up so the days of copying you know when i used to have teachers who would write out 
and you'd have to copy it and it yeah. would take the first like 20, 30 minutes of the lesson. None of that now. Everything's already up there. <laughs> That's kind of a shame though, because I like I those parts because you never Me had to too. do anything. It was just like writing things we down. Don't have to do things each down. way. <laughs> Well, I mean, writing things down also it. helps you remember it. So, I mean, I Definitely. think that's a, that's a bit of Definitely. a shame. Oh, I miss I miss the the chalkboard. Then you know they'd go outside with the duster, as you said, and bang yeah, them. And you and this bang them. Cloud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure that that cloud of you know chalk dust was good for any of us. But I I get sentimental about that stuff because I don't think they do that. Go out and dust the chalkboard duster outside, me. You know, <laughs> well, have you? I mean, it's any of the schools you work at, do they any of them still have chalkboards or are they a thing no, like of the past? No, now? they're all gone. No, you can't find them. Oh, dear me. Okay. Well, Even that just proves my find point. Sometimes it's all smart boards well, mostly. That just proves my point that people shouldn't be, people under the age of, I don't know, 18 shouldn't be telling me about chalkboards because they've never seen them in their life. So they wouldn't know what it sounds like. <laughs> All right. Um, so, but before we go to the final 10, uh, anyone, Monique, that you want to give a shout out to for supporting you along your journey? Yeah. So I'd just love to say um, a big shout out to my family, of course, for always being with me from day one of when I was shy up until now. You've always had, you know, believed in me and also shout outs to um my friends and for all my fans out there who have stuck by with me throughout all my pageant journey I really appreciate all the support and messages that you've been sending me on my way to Miss World Australia perfect okay well Monique let's go through the final 10 second time if we ever have a third interview I won't make you do it again I've decided to draw the limit at two (laughs) three times it's just too many I think I think I did interview one of my friends four times, and it's just like, no, I can't ask you these questions anymore. Well, it depends. I if I become answer, super going... famous one day for my music, then you can ask me. <laughs> well, I'll interview you again, but I'm not going to ask you the same questions yeah, again because okay, I don't okay. think the answer to these really change. I'll have to come up with another okay, final okay. ten. Anyway, I have to actually do some work for a change. All right, question number one: What is your favorite word? Hmm. I struggled with this last time, and I don't know even know what I said. Um, I think you may not have given an answer. I, I think watching back, you, we said we'd circle back to it, but I don't think we ever did. I could be wrong. I'll have to check now. Favourite word? Um, honestly, don't know. I don't know. Maybe waves? I don't know. <laughs> I we'll don't go know. with waves. Something wavy. We'll go with waves. <laughs> We've got an answer. Okay, what about question two? What is your least favourite word? Mm. I don't like the word moist. <laughs> I don't think anyone likes that word. <laughs> we're talking about it in the break room about cake and we're like, please no one say moist. And I've just said it See, that, That's the issue with moist <laughs> is that what else are you going to use to describe a cake that's moist? It's so, And then you say something else and then it becomes more awkward and it's just like, just say it. But how would you describe a cake that's moist if you can't say the word? Because with a cake, that means it's you can't. Yeah, exactly. You can't. You can't. You can't. That's why I hate it. <laughs> you, you can't say it's wet. It's like that's a lovely exactly. wet that's cake. Exactly. Because it's not. Because it's also the texture of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> a damp cake. Yeah. That's very damp. You know that word I'm looking for starts with M? That, but damp. <laughs> Just by the way, I think this is an exclusively a women's only thing that they dislike the word moist guys don't don't mind at all but yeah okay 
Let's move on. Question three. In life, what gets you excited? What turns you on? Music. Because, um, yeah, I just, when I have to, like last night I performed a three-hour concert and everyone's like, that's so long. But it got Mm. me really excited. Once I started that first song, I was just like having a great time and loved um, how everyone was dancing along and singing along and that feeling of being all in one together dancing and singing together was amazing. So I love music. What was going on with your Instagram, by the way? You dropped out like five billion times and you had to keep... The screen. I was watching my Instagram. I I realised because Facebook was fine. I had Facebook going as well and it was fine. But then with Instagram, I realised because I just got a new phone, I had never been on a live on that phone before and it was actually my screen, um, you know, the display, um, I thought I'll that even if off. you were, I thought even if you were recording on a video, that considered as being active. But apparently yeah. not. I found out after that if you don't touch the screen for, like, I think I checked later, it was on thirty seconds. That every thirty seconds, the screen would just turn off, and then it would pause the um, the live. So I had to keep touching it so it wouldn't cut out my live. It was so annoying. Okay. All yeah. right. That. that- that kind of makes sense, but doesn't. I mean, surely a live should be considered as you're doing that something. A live video would consider as being active. Yeah. See, this is tech. This is why tech. So there's no one a troubleshooting really tip for your. <laughs> yeah. Well, always test your lives before going live when it matters, because you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So that was what turns you on. Question four: What turns you off? Hmm. Um, oh, when you say turns off, like makes me annoyed. Yeah. Just recently, I just. Sorry? Like a pet peeve. What's your pet peeve? I hate people. I hate people who just cut into line, you know, like they just cut in the line and it's like, okay, I've been, especially in the toilet. It's like, I've been waiting here for ages. I need to go and you just cut in or you've been waiting, or if I have somewhere to go, like I was ordering a coffee and Mm. I was going to be late for work and I'm never late, I'm always early, and I thought, I'm early, I'll get a coffee. But this person decided, didn't even ask, like most people say, oh, are you waiting or, you know, can I come through? But this person decided just to walk in front of me when clearly I was just doing the social distancing thing with the line. Yeah. And I thought it meant yeah. that I wasn't in the line and they just cut in front and didn't say anything. And I was like, now I'm, and they made a huge order. And now I'm thinking, I'm going to be late. They can't get my coffee. So I just don't like people who are rude like that. Just have common courtesy, yeah. you know? Doesn't take long. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that one's completely understandable. Uh, <laughs> question five What sound or noise do you love? This is going to change because I know what I said last time and I said the ocean. But now I have a pet budgie for all those who might have seen him on my Instagram. And I love the sound of him tweeting. He has lots of different sounds and he can say his name and he can say words. So I love hearing him when I come home. I hear him tweeting. Um, He has a little call that means he's calling Mm -hmm. for you. So I love hearing his tweets. And if I don't hear him tweeting, I'm like, oh, no. Something's wrong, you know, like I, I just feel comf- yeah. comfort when I hear him tweeting. What's his name? Ferris. Ferris, so he can say his name. He can say Ferris, good boy, baby boy. Um, I'm a good Ferris. <laughs> I mean, he repeats okay. it. 
All right. Imagine just his name. I didn't. You just repeat his name over and over again. I didn't. I didn't know budgies could actually could, could actually talk. That that's a new one. Well, yeah, uh, actually, you can't. Um, normally they have to be taught when they're babies, but he only learned. Yeah. Uh, he's two, and he learned now, so it's great. Wow, might be some sort of prodigy that you have there. You might be able to um, set up an Instagram account or something for him, turn him into a budgie influencer. Uh, Okay, so that was what sound or noise do you love. So question six, what sound or noise do you hate? Mm. Yeah, I'm going to say, I said last time the uh, the fork on the plate. Um, I also, (laughs) because of the chalkboard thing. Yeah. There's also another sound I hate. Oh, I hate that high-pitched, um, you know, it's like a white, what's that sound? It's really high-pitched and it, the frequency and it gets in your ear. Um, oh. Because I noticed this recently at school when I was um, projecting stuff onto the board and mm. I had the speakers on and if you have it like a little bit too high and or feed the feedback noise feedback. as well. Not well. Yeah. There's two sounds. The feedback sound I hate, which I always get mm. like at parties if someone holds a microphone too close to the speaker, yeah. and it's like, Wee! and then it's like, oh no. But um, there's also like that little high pitched sound that's like really high. I'm not going to imitate it. It's like really <laughs> high and like thin, and it gets right in your ear. And we heard it at school a few times last week, and the kids were like, "Miss, turn it off, turn it off." I'm like, I don't know where it's coming from, and I was just like panicking. Oh wow. And it was really okay. high pitch. It gets into your ear. But, yeah, those two sounds, I hate those sounds. Ooh. Unfortunately, okay. I hear them all the time. So, I, I don't think I've heard the one you're talking about. I will say, I don't know if you know, but men lose their their, their hearing earlier than women. And the first thing oh, that okay. goes is a high-pitched hearing. Oh, okay. So um, I was literally in front of my computer and I was editing a podcast, editing an audio for my friend. And he had a high-pitched sound in it, and I could hear it, and it was really annoying. But he literally couldn't hear it. He didn't oh, really? know there was a sound there. I had to show him on my editing software there's a sound Oh, the wave. frequency, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to show him, look, there is something there, but he literally couldn't hear it. So oh. um, sometimes that's something worth remembering. If, there's a, if it's a male teacher, like probably 40 or going they past that, if it's it. a high-pitched hearing, they often, they often can't hear it. So that's something Interesting. Thank you. Yeah. You learn something new every day. Question seven. Um, if you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? Teleportation. So I could, because especially with COVID, I just would love to oh, yeah. travel and just get places. Also, because if you live a busy lifestyle, like myself, I've always had numerous, like multiple jobs mm. since I was 18. It would be great to uh, just save time and just get to different places and yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Question eight, what job or occupation on the subject of jobs other than your own would you most like to attempt? Um, I'd love to be a chef, actually. I said last time designer, but I would love to be a chef. Um, cooking um, through, during COVID, I love looking at new recipes and trying new things. And I, I'm not going to say I'm great at it, but um, mm-hmm. I'm good at following instructions, so I just like try and as long as I follow the instructions, I can't go terribly wrong, you know. Um, so I've actually <laughs> had some good, like decent feedback. Like it's not anything crazy good, but like it's been tasty, and I've liked, you know, working on those recipes. And so I think I watch MasterChef. So MasterChef pay me for advertising this jokes, but um, 
Uh, I love seeing how creative they are with just like how they plate the food and all those flavor combinations that I would never think of. Yeah. Um, I think that would be a fun job and you get to eat it. Like, you know, you get to, if you're good at cooking it, you could go home and cook it and eat it. It would be great. What what sort of recipes have you been trying? Because during COVID, the one that all the pageant queens discovered was baking, which was dangerous because then no, they would eat it. No, I actually can't and bake. And you just eat cakes. You can't. <laughs> That's like my no, my bake. fear. No, my fear is actually doing like dessert <laughs> and baking. Yeah, I I just like with the oven. I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I'm out. Like I, um, so I've been cooking just like lunch, dinner, meals from different cuisines. So like. Um, right. And trying, also trying um, some more vegetarian dishes because mm-hmm. I've tried to reduce my consumption of meat. So I don't eat a lot of mm-hmm. meat anymore. I can't completely cut it out, unfortunately, but um, I do um, enjoy a really nice, you know, like recipe with five, six vegetables in it, but that that's really okay. tasty. So making vegetables tasty. Okay. I've loved trying okay. those recipes. To just wind back for a sec, why why can't why can't you bake? Baking is about following instructions. Uh, so as long as you follow well, the instructions, well, it's all the, good. The closest I've ever gotten is those you know those packets where the box where you just shove <laughs> them all in and then you put it in the oven. I've only done that for you know school bake bake sales and things like yeah. that. But actual baking, like I don't know, I yeah. the you have to get the whisk thing out and you got to get the. I just feel like you've got to get the what's it called the mixing thing you've got to get the electric mixer yeah. out and it's just so many things could go wrong and the flour is super messy and I'm just I'm not about getting flour on me I just yeah I can't I, and I feel like I'll just burn I, it in the oven so that's why I'm you sound like you've I'm had some baking. sort of past trauma with baking <laughs> I mean it's not no, any I, more or less I difficult than I don't know doing scary. a Oh, I also don't like waiting, like waiting for the oven. Like baking, it might be in there for ages and I've got to wait, whereas making the meal like in the pan is like it's done, can eat it straight away, you know. I like that. Monique, I I don't know. Look, you turn the oven on whilst you're doing the mixing and then you put it in so you don't have to wait for the oven to warm up. That could be my goal for for this year to bake something and I'll get back to you. (laughs) <laughs> oh, by the way, it's like it's probably safer if you don't learn how to bake because I was going to say the issue that probably all the kids did, they, they baked and guess what? They had to eat it and so guess what happened? You know, the, like, yeah. why am I so out of – yeah, because you've been eating cakes and pancakes and scones and all that. to be honest, that's that, actually so. another reason why I don't bake. I actually don't really like cake that much. So oh. that's not a problem for me. Like when I do birthday parties on the weekend, like, you know, mm. the kids' parties – they always um, offer me cake and I and I am thankful oh, okay. and really like and so I always okay. get cake but then and the cakes are absolutely gorgeous and I'm so thankful but I'm just like I just don't feel like cake anymore. I'm I'm caked out. I just I don't want to bake a cake now because I always get a cake all the time and it's really dense too, like really filling. So And moist. Yep. And the word that I don't like is associated with it. There you go, you're putting the pieces together for me. I do understand. Now that makes more sense. You don't want to bake because you don't want the cake. You don't want the end result. No, like, that so makes sense now. Baking? Yeah, that's why. Okay, your past trauma. You 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 have cake PTSD. So I mean, what if you if you had to? What's your favorite food then? It's not cake. So what's your favorite chocolate. food? Last I have meal. a problem. Chocolate. I have a problem with chocolate. Like a serious problem. <laughs> when you say a problem, you and might. Cheese. Go, what do you mean you and have cheese. a problem? And cheese is. Chocolate and cheese, 
uh, like when I'm trying to prepare, especially for pageants, go on a diet, chocolate and cheese, like I can't yeah. resist. And I actually went on a, um, my friend challenged me to do a 60-day no chocolate thing, I think two oh. years ago. And it was really hard after two weeks because everyone was eating chocolate around me. I'm just like, I can't have it. I can't have anything with chocolate in it. And I was having withdrawals and I was like, this problem is real. And then after that, I was fine after that. And you know what? After the 60 days, I had this big 500 grams. I think it was 500 grams. You know, the really big like Mm -hmm. blocks, not the normal block, but double of that. And I had it there ready and I was so excited. And when I ate it, I felt sick. Like just one little bite. I was like, nah. But now I'm back on to – I had to do that, though, because I was eating it every single day um, after school, like after preschool. It's a lot of energy working with kids, and so I felt like I just needed – I kept making excuses, like I need chocolate because I, I just had a hard day with kids. So every day I was eating it and I was feeling like my sugar intake is just so bad, like every day, and that's why I did that little cleanse thing. And now I okay. try and eat it in moderation. But, yeah, I can't give up chocolate or okay. cheese. Okay. Um, favorite chocolate, favorite chocolate, and favorite cheese. So my favorite chocolate in the blocks is Top Deck Dairy Milk, mm-hmm. um, and then boxes the Gillian shells. I love those shells. They're yeah, so yep. good. Um, and then for cheese, um, some people are going to be like, "Ew, this is gross." But I love blue cheese. I love all cheeses, but blue cheese is so nice. And I love doing a cheese board. And yeah. <laughs> it's it's interesting i think people this has been my experience anyway people have their favorite cheeses and generally they don't like they have a favorite one they don't really like the other type so if you like a blue then you t- might not like a cheddar for example i'm a brie person i'm a brie I and camembert. Brie no i love brie i love I do, all cheeses i do like, like blue but when it's a bit too strong it's a bit oh like it's a bit yeah yeah a bit anyway. too i love brie as well yeah. brie is good it depends what mood i'm in I love cheddar I'm as well. I'm always love in a brie mood. I'm, I'm always in a brie mood. That's uh, There's never a bad time for brie. I can eat a whole wheel. It's actually pretty oh, disgusting. Me too. me too. I can too. And it's like, oh, it's not good. Window. Goodbye. <laughs> it's not good because, you know, it comes in a wheel. And you, it comes in a little wheel and you eat half of it and then you're looking yes. at it going, I've eaten half of it and you exactly. feel guilty. So you, you finish well the rest of it. No one ever knows. just get rid of it. And then you're like, if I do it today, then it won't be there tomorrow. It's going to be fine. That's but then you exactly, go out and buy another wheel. Exactly and then that one. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other, the other one I deal with is like, okay, let's say you like chocolate and cheese. It's like, well, I'll just eat the cheese. So I won't eat the chocolate. Mm-hmm. So then you eat because you're going to be healthy. So I'll just eat a little bit of the cheese, and then you eat a little bit of the chocolate, and then you end up eating both anyway. Oh, so yeah. it's just like, I give up. I'm glad you feel me. This is exactly so Louis, the solution battle. is just not to buy. Just don't buy it. This is what I keep saying. If you could, don't buy it. You can't yeah, eat that's it. That's how that's I think I was thing. fine, like, as a kid because I couldn't actually go out and buy it myself. But, like, <laughs> now being an adult, it's like, please ban me from the store and not buy this <laughs> because I can yeah. just go out and buy it, you know? No one's stopping me. It's so, such self self. You'll have to give them a poster. You have to go to your local you store and this say, woman. Yeah. <laughs> well, serve this one, but no chocolate, no cheese, and then you'll have to end up smuggling it underneath or I'm something. I'm sure I'll find a way. Uh, Oh, dear. Okay. Uh, okay, so question nine, what job would you definitely not like to attempt? Hmm. Hmm. Something involving, uh, 
I don't know, something involving mathematics, I guess, because I don't really, I'm, you said you're really good at maths. I'm, I had to go back and teach you seven maths the other day and it looks super easy. I'm like, I found this really easy at school because I was actually pretty good at maths then, but I'm looking at yeah. it like, oh my God, I forgot. What is it? What is it? And I just don't think that I could ever, I just, yeah. And then having the brain power to learn that all over again. No, thank you. What was it? What what topic were you teaching in maths? Was it calculus? Was it geometry? Um, that one was um, like, what was it again? I don't even remember. Oh, You're like traumatized. In, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, totally. something really easy. Okay. Though. Should have been. Easy. Final question: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at? the pearly gates um i would like him to say that i made all the right choices in my life for a reason like the reason why i got to where i am um is because i made choices that i'm happy with and i've lived my best life that i can and that i've helped people because that's what i'm all about now um it's trying to change the world um and help children through my teaching and so I'd love to hear that I've actually changed or inspired lives of other people so that they can also live the best life that they can and yeah so I'd just like to hear that I've you know hadn't missed any opportunities and that I've been you know had no regrets basically that sounds good to me uh just before we wrap up Janice here has complimented your smile she said completely off topic but i gotta say monique your smile is absolutely gorgeous thank you janice that means so much to me because i never used to smile as a kid <laughs> so now i smile too much it's a reverse and i also have dimples so like i hate my dimples but yeah that's part of the reason why i didn't smile as a kid but i've learned to love them now very good. Okay, well, Monique, that's about it. Um, best of luck for Miss World coming up in Thank what you. less than a week. Yeah, on Friday. Uh, Don't forget. Good to luck. Not that you need it. Yeah. yeah. So the purchase link for tickets, if you are in Sydney, will be in Monique's bio on Instagram. So click on through there. Uh, you can see Monique's Instagram handle right there. It's at Monique. Shippen. Every time I look at your name, I just remember that I told you this, that I know another Monique who's also yeah. in pageants, who's Monique yeah. Ship, spelt double P. It's the yeah, weird. I always thought you two were the same, <laughs> same person. It's like, why do you have two accounts and one has an extra E in it? I think she's from Northern Beaches too, so I was like, freaky. <laughs> yeah, I know. I haven't seen her in ages, actually. I wonder what she's up to. Uh, anyway, Monique, thank you so much for your time. No, thank you so much for interviewing me. It's a pleasure as usual to speak to you and thank you to all our viewers who have tuned in yeah uh so monique i'll keep you on the line for just a second whilst i hang mm -hmm. up with the audience so don't go anywhere but thanks to everyone for watching uh live on the replay and we will speak to you next time bye for now bye. thanks for watching just a reminder to you entrepreneurial types to come and join us at our facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the pageant boss I'll see you inside and see you in the next episode.